On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I will be talking about um, the college bowl games. We'll be continuing our contest, which I think we both decided is pretty boring, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. Then we'll be talking about lots of trends. Rufus has a new trend and a new saying. It's called suck on that trend. You'll understand what that means after you listen to the pod. Then we'll be doing man versus machine as always. And we'll be doing our super contest picks, which have become pretty close to 500. So I'm sure you guys are happy with the great advice we're giving you. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action app. It's the best way for you to track your sports bets, the line moves, and get great gambling information and content. As Barstool Big Cat says, the Sports Action app is the best app for the sports gambler, and it's not even close. So with that, let's start the process. Welcome to episode 18 of the Bet the Process podcast. I am Jeff Ma with my loyal sidekick. Can I call you my loyal sidekick or is that insulting? Oh, that's good. I mean, you've got seniority over me, Jeff. Is that just your way of saying I'm an old fuck? Well, I mean, you have seniority. You have Your name has more cachet. My name has more cachet now, but I have great, I really have great expectations of the name. You know, I mentioned you or talked about you on Tony Kornheiser's show um, on Friday. And when I got off the air, they said, Rufus Peabody, that that can't be a real name, right? Like, I mean, no one that's what, that's a real name. yeah, Bill Simmons said something like that on a podcast last year, too, when someone was complaining about uh, about my picks on ESPN and saying they should have cousin cousin Sal back or something like that. <laughs> Well, you know what? You should not use your your porn name as your real professional name. You should use a different name. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's Moving on from making fun of Rufus's name, which really just never seems to get old to us. Um, why do you think there's still value on Alabama? Like, I, I guess I was expecting there to be diminished value um, that people would start coming in and, and taking Alabama more. Um, what do you think the market is pricing in that you aren't? Why is why is there a disparity there? Well, I think one possibility is the injuries. Alabama's had some injuries mount. I know, uh, especially on defense, but I don't know much about the health of those guys, to be quite honest. The other thing is probably that we still factor in priors, and that sounds crazy because they've played a full season and a conference championship game, but priors are more about how good the program is generally, and that's something that you still – don't really know, um, you know, 13 games doesn't tell you everything. And so, you know, how good a team's recruiting class was and things like that still can make a difference in terms of the overall talent level for a team. And Yeah, I was going to say the overall talent level is probably what priors helps assess. Do you, you know, 538 for their college uh, basketball March Madness model factors in like one-sixth, uh, or at least they used to, one-sixth um, weight to like top or preseason rating because they find that preseason rating is still very important controlling for their, you know, adjusted for the season numbers and everything because it says something, I guess, about a team's talent level or that's the narrative. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that I, I believe that preseason rankings are, um, 
a good gauge of sort of what the overall expectation was. And I guess like that's one of those questions that you wonder, like when do you when was that wrong? It's like starting pitching, like in in baseball, when a starting pitcher is like fundamentally better or worse than you thought they were coming into the regular season. When do you start to adjust that rating? Um, based on what you've seen in the year. And, and I guess what you're saying, it's a blend, but certainly now for Alabama, you still are considering the expectation that they were the odds-on number one favorite coming into the season. Right. It, it is a blend. It's not like we adjust now and we didn't adjust before. It's it's gradual. But Alabama's also been the number one team this season as well. So I think you sort of, maybe that magnifies uh, magnifies the rating just a little bit. Do you see um, any value in sort of the upcoming wave of college games? You know, last season we had fifteen different um, we had fifteen different bowl game picks for the Massey Peabody numbers. This season we have four, and one of those is because I had forgotten to put the Arizona Purdue game into my little document, um, and I forgot to. And when I put in, you know, I put in the team names, put in the line, and forgot to mark the little checkbox that i've set up for neutral field and so i was like ah great value on arizona here (laughs) because so there really has not been much value at all uh on bowl games this season and and i looked back at my um bowl game document last year and there were a ton of games last year where like i had a team as a nine point favorite and the market had them as like a one point underdog and like like legitimately big differences so do you think that you are like people are reverse engineering what you're doing or do you think more people are doing what you're doing or I mean, what do you, what do you think? Or it's just, you know, well, I think we did well last year and I think part of um, I mean, our whole thing is not looking into motivation, not and stuff like that. And I think, you know, the market, you know, I think does factor that in a little bit, but honestly, I think it's more just it's variance. It's how this season played out and the teams that are, you know, the matchups. And, you know, at this point, we, we don't really have any teams that we really have been loving every week that are old teams. I don't really think. Do, do you remember any? Well, like we Ohio that? State was a team that you guys loved a lot. Oklahoma State was a team you guys didn't like often. Um, oh, we Army seemed like a team that you guys liked a fair amount during the year that the market didn't like as much. Or any of these yeah. sticking out, or any of these making any sense? You didn't like Florida Atlantic, and you know there's a good narrative there because you know new coach. It's you know my my numbers probably just didn't adjust fast enough to be quite honest. But well, you had a you had a situation where probably if you're using priors, you're using like the Florida Atlantic priors are probably terrible, right? Exactly. And then, exactly. And then you got a whole new coach with a new talent level. He's brought a lot of people in. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting to think through. It's tough, but generally, when a when a bad program has a new, I mean, a new coach is going to mean more regression to the mean generally, and more uncertainty. So that's although that's not something that's something to work on in the off season to try to sort of add a add an element of added uncertainty for uh, new coaches. But the problem is, you, you the sample size isn't really large enough that you can really confidently quantify it. I love that. I love that you had to adjust the Arizona line. I'm looking at your. I'm looking at Massey Peabody right now, um, at the actual picks that you have, just so I know what they are. Yeah. In the next wave of games, then let's see. We're doing this up until Friday, um, maybe Saturday. I guess there's a fair amount of games. 
you have you still have Arizona with some value, I assume. No, because Arizona's actually on a neutral field. <laughs> uh, you know, but I had to stick with that. I, I blogged the pick, and I can't say, oh, you know, that doesn't count now. It's it's not really a referendum on the model or anything, but it's a referendum on. I mean, but it's still it's, it's still like a referendum on your carelessness. Yeah, basically. I feel like <laughs> there's there's nothing to say there. That is just no. a royal screw up by you, and you're gonna owe a bunch of people money if they bet on Purdue or sorry, bet on Arizona because of all the great value that you talked about. Um, I read all money people pay me for picks, whether the pick wins or loses. <laughs> so Army is now only plus six and a half. Um, so you move the market there, but hopefully people. Some people got in at plus seven. Um, is Virginia Tech, Oklahoma? I, I think I, I put in, I, I put in the, I blogged the, yeah, I, I didn't move the market. Never mind. Um, <laughs> what a jerk! I, move the market. Although I might move back because, like, I think I think a lot of people actually don't really like Army in this game. At least I've heard some of the touts talking about how they're kind of a lucky team because they won a bunch of close games and the narrative around this being a letdown spot after they beat Navy for the second time in two years. And But you do like you do like Virginia Tech against Oklahoma State, which is a team you've been kicking on all all year. So Oklahoma State, that's true. But Army, you know, I'm not, not rating Army based on their record. Army's like a slightly above average team. No, I'm not. I'm not. I would never be so stupid. I would never be so stupid to think that you were looking at record when you rated that. I'm telling you, I know that you don't listen to these mainstream narrative or mainstream podcasts, but that's one of the things I've heard them talking about in terms of that game is that um, Army is a bit under um, uh, overrated because of their record. I'm not saying that's why you have them overrated or why you have them rated so high. Um, any reaction to the first wave of games? Obviously. Um, Florida Atlanta kicked the crap out of Akron, and we both talked about how that line seemed too high. Um, if, if I guess if it was 46 and a half, 47 and a half, I don't know. That Maybe that was the right line. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think either of us had a – well, it wasn't high enough to be a pick or anything like that, but it was uh, – We agreed on it. Um, yeah. I'm I mean, three and three so far. You're two and four. So that means that I owe you a steak dinner, right? Not yet. I mean, we still have the rest of the. We're, we're doing this through the rest of the bowl season, you know. Okay. This is like we're keeping going on this. Um, you still have a chance to win back your steak dinner. And any other things like Troy looked pretty good. That Troy game was interesting because they completely dominated that first half, and then they were only up by I think two at halftime, and the second half line was only one and a half. Um, we didn't end up having a play on the game. Did you get, do you know if you had a play in Troy in the second half? Honestly, I don't, I, I did not watch a single college bowl game and I didn't even know how my picks had done. Um, well, well, Marshall, which was our super bowl so far, didn't just cover, they won outright. So that's a vindication of how smart I am and how dumb you are. I know. I I love it. I love that. Uh, the 46.3% coming in for you. There you go. Okay, so we got to start anew. We did Temple versus, like, just to recap last week, we have SMU minus five. You have Louisiana Tech plus five. I have FIU plus seven. You have Temple minus seven. 
And then now we're on to Friday's game, which is UAB um, getting seven versus Ohio, the Bobcats. What say you? I say nothing on that game because I don't I, I don't have a rating for UAB because I do because I don't have a good prior for them given that they took last season and the season before off. Right. So I, I, I just haven't I have not rated them just like Coastal Carolina coming from one double A or whatever they call it now. You know, I didn't have I, I don't. So I are just, we legit to skipping that game? Um, I will. I'll, I'll just take whatever side you take, too. So that there's no All right. I'm going to take UAB plus the seven. Okay, I'll I'll join you there. Yeah, I'll defer Everyone's to excited. Everyone says that they were very exciting and under and you know for a team that had never had a well hadn't had a, a Division One team recently. It was it was exciting. So okay, Wyoming minus three against Central Michigan. Dude, that moved, huh? I think that was a pick before. It was a pick. It opened a pick. Um, I'll take Central Michigan. Yeah, me too. Wyoming sucks. That Josh Allen seems like one of the most overrated guys right now in terms of like, you know, they were saying at the beginning of the year that this guy could be a, you know, top 10 overall pick. Uh, is he even playing in this game? Do you know? Yeah. He, it almost seems like the top quarterback prospects are, you know, played for teams that didn't end up doing that well. You think quarterbacks are overrated? Hot take. In college, quarterbacks know. are overrated. Maybe, maybe I'm saying scouts aren't that good. Hmm. Interesting. You know, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, in case you didn't know that. I didn't know that. They say it like... There weren't like six quarterbacks taken in front of him and ESPN 30 for 30 special on it either? That's the first thing I'm going to tell my child when he can recognize anything is that Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, just so he knows. Uh, USF giving two and a half to Texas Tech. Um. I, I guess I'll take Texas Tech. I make it two point three, so there's nothing I'm taking, really. I'm taking USF. Okay, because that Flowers quarterback dude is awesome. Uh, Army. Oh no! Right now, right in the Sports Action app, right before my very eyes, Army is down to a six point favorite. Sorry, six point underdog against SDSU. I'm assuming you like Army. I will also like Army, even at six. I do indeed. Would you play them at six? No, I wouldn't. Value has gone. Uh, Appalachian State giving getting seven from Toledo. Can you name a player on Toledo? No, uh, you know I could probably name like three players in all of college football. So Toledo's the likelihood to start Logan. Appalachian State or Toledo are not. Well, I no. feel like the U always like know some random quarterbacks. Toledo's quarterback is Logan Woodside, who is very good for. Uh, I do represent that. So, who are you taking, Toledo? No, I'm taking Appalachian. Appalachian. I'm going to take this. Toledo minus the seven. I make it five point two. App State. Okay, Fresno get, getting two and a half from Houston. Fresno. Um. I'm going to take uh, Houston minus the two and a half. I'll take Houston as well. <clears throat> That's one interesting one, right? Because the priors on Fresno were probably really bad. It's true. They, they've That's definitely outperformed expectation. Yeah. They kind of remind me of New Mexico last year. I feel like New Mexico was that same way where they really out overperformed. Okay. Utah giving six and a half to West Virginia. 
Six and a half. Okay. Yep, I will take Utah. There's no Will Greer playing in that, right? Who's Will Greer again? He's the quarterback for West Virginia. You're unbelievable. I'll take Utah minus six and a half. Also. I mean, yeah, it's um, if he's not playing, then I probably wouldn't be in Utah. But uh, you know, it's when when I make the line minus seven point seven, you know, I'm not really going to look deeply into that because you know I'm not going to be betting it either way. Yeah, Will Greer officially out for Utah's. Uh, for, sorry, for their bowl game against Utah. So that was four hours ago. This is breaking news. Okay, breaking Please. news. So so I probably would like, well, I don't know, West Virginia. I mean, I don't know how much that guy's worth. Probably about a point or two at least. No, right? he's good, dude. He's good. Well, his backup might be good. I, don't know. I mean, Will Greer is pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, Duke get, giving five to NIU, to Northern Illinois University. The Huskies. I'll take Duke. Yeah, I make it my. Yeah, assessment. I'll take Duke also. We're really like a lot on favorites. I mean, these are a lot of like, honestly, games where there's no value. Where it's like my model says, oh, 51% chance here. Like, you all right, Kansas that. State giving two to UCLA. Okay, who do you want? Your turn. Oh, um. I'll take UCLA. Uh, I'll take it as well. My in-laws alma mater, so I'm going to do that. Be able to root for the Bruins. Uh, Florida State giving 16 and a half. Here's a, here's a good one. This is like yeah, I talk about teams that you liked all year would, that you value on. Florida State uh, giving 16 and a half to Southern uh, Mississippi, the alma mater yeah. of one Brett Favre Ray. This is true. Um, I, yeah, I took Florida State. That was a game I actually played, but that was, um, it feels like, weeks ago. And not at 16 and a half. You had them at 14 and a half? Uh, that makes more sense. I'm not um, sure. I'll take, the, I'll take the dog just because it'll be fun to take the dog. Okay, so I guess I'll take Florida State. Yeah. Um, no, there's not value at 16 and a half, but onwards. Is that Florida State? Uh, no, we got we got a few more. Okay. Oh, I love this next one. Love it. Love it. Love it almost as much as you loved Kansas City last week. Uh, BC get, getting two and a half from Iowa. Ah, it's down from three, huh? I'm going to take BC plus the two and a half. I'll take BC plus the two and a half as well. Um, okay. And then... We have the <laughs> Rufus Peabody fuck-up bowl, which is Purdue, Arizona, um, being oh, yeah. played on a neutral field the last I checked, not being played in Arizona. Weird. What's the, as that what's, the rotation, what's the rotation number for that? I don't know. I'm yeah. looking at the yeah. Sports Action app. I'm just this is the ske- this is the schedule. Uh, Why? All, all I know is I, I feel like I should have noticed if I had it missing before, but BC Iowa's 237, 238. Then Missouri Texas is 239, 240. So was it like a late ad bowl game? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. So Purdue is Purdue is uh, get, getting three and a half from Arizona. I think we're both going to be on Arizona here. Reluctantly, yes. But maybe, maybe they will move the game to Tucson. That, that would be nice. Then. Uh, I, Everything that you said and wrote in your, you know, Massey Peabody um, website would be true. 
would the bet still be action is the question. Um, sure. if it must be played at this location. All right, I'm betting on Tom Herman and Texas plus two and a half against Missouri. What say you? I say I will also take Tom Herman and Texas. I think that game's a pick. Well, then you then that, that's some like real value on Texas, right? If it gets to th- if it gets to three, at three it's it's better than break even, yes, but it's not. I wouldn't call it real value. All right, marginal value. Uh, Navy giving one or sorry, yeah, giving one to the University of Virginia. I will take the midshipmen. I will take the Cavaliers. Very good that you remember. I'm a whopping two-point favorite. Um, Oklahoma State getting giving four to Virginia Tech. I think we're both going to be on Virginia Tech there. Yeah, that puppy's moved. Yeah. Who, who do you think was responsible for that? Was it you? No, it was you. It was you. I don't move lines. I have to say, though, limits for these bowl games are just, I don't know, they're pretty low. It's it's yeah, but they have like some of these teams are like random teams, right? Like the only reason it's a big game is because it happens to be a bowl game. They're not going to give you big limits for these random games. Do you want to, Okay, but limits in general and some. I mean, I feel like okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was looking at the Seahawks Cowboys game at Pinnacle, and they were taking fifteen hundred dollars. And this is on a Tuesday, like Pinnacle, which is supposed to be or used to be i guess the most efficient sports book in the world and the one everybody trusted but they really they just don't take action anymore they've they've cut down their limits big time over the years sorry i'll end and no i mean this is like a this is lamenting the the plight of the professional sports gambler i mean we we probably will start talking about this in the off season the challenges around this um and you know you'd mentioned on twitter that time like it's hard to make a living as a professional sports better in Vegas. And what you meant was basically that you have to bet offshore, I think is what you're saying. And really you have to be out of the country betting offshore. I to really be able to deal with, I feel like there's, yeah, it's, and if you want to do things above board at reputable books without having to deal with the shady underbelly of the industry and basically doing things like, you know, hundred percent legally, you know, you're, it's, it's much more difficult. Um, when I wonder when if that comes and we're going to, Maybe we tackle this later, but it, 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 I wonder if that becomes even more the case if sports gambling becomes legal in the U.S., which is that the limits will be small. I mean, these people are going to figure out a way to make money, period. So, you know, they were I was listening to Matty Holt talk on some podcast about the original goal of, of Canner was to, like, do $5 billion in handle and, like, um, you know, keep, like, what, 35 or 4% or something like that. Well, Jeff, if you uh... – you know, this is we're going to talk about this later on the show, but you know, they Cantor bought Las Vegas Sports Consultants when I was there back in 2000, end of 2008, beginning of 2009. And so I was, I had front row seat for, for this, uh, for the spectacle that was Cantor. And I have, I have some good stories from that. Are they ones that you can tell on the podcast? I think so. Oh, awesome. This is exciting. All right, let's get through this then. This is boring. This is Stan, Stanford, uh, two and giving two and a half to TCU. I'll take TCU. I'll take Stanford and Bryce. Is Bryce Love playing, or is he going to pull like a McCaffrey and not play? He's going to play because he's he's a baller. Do we have Michigan State, Washington State? Do we do that? Okay, Washington State. Uh, get it. Giving one and a half to Michigan State. I'm going to be on Michigan State plus one and a half. Um, I'll take Rufus two. might 
guess is you're going to take Washington State minus one and a half? Yes, sir. And that's the Priors situation, I would guess. Um, really? Because the Priors on Michigan State probably sucked because everyone thought they were going to suck. I mean, they weren't obviously they weren't good last year, but they were. I think they're better in the record, and they're a strong program overall. Yeah, so priors weren't so bad. All right, let's move on to NFL. Um, let's see here. Any value on any of the NFL futures? NFL futures are pretty close to what they were last week. It looks like um, I need to consult the handy dandy uh, list of odds you put up but i was looking at the westgate odds earlier this week and saw like almost nothing i mean i did see some value on the vikings i guess westgate or but that was at six to one i make it plus 560 uh looks like offshore is plus 530 so yeah not really um it's things have sort of settled in it seems like where we, we for the most part know who those top few teams are in each conference you know, new. I mean, Philly's still. Philly has the upper hand um, to that number one seed, and and the Rams, despite blowing out Seattle, still are pr- very unlikely to get a first round bye just because you know they lose the head to head tiebreaker to both Minnesota and Philadelphia. That hurts. Um, how big was that New England Pitt outcome? Because they went from basically, if Pitt, if New England loses that game, they they might not even get a first round bye. What though? So, why, why they wouldn't? Well, what's the tiebreaking breaker scenario there? I mean, what well, would they have? They would obviously Pittsburgh would be ahead of them because they would have a better record at that point and the tiebreaker, um, and then they would have the same record as Jacksonville. I thought that what I heard on what Andrew Siciliana told me on Red Zone was that they would have been moved into third at that point and would not have had a a first round bye. At that point, yeah, okay, that's that is something that. I didn't know. I mean, it's factored in my simulation and everything, but yeah, the Jaguars under the radar, huh? I, I didn't really, I mean, I, I knew that they've been good, but then you look up and see the record and you're like, whoa. Yeah. It's, well, that's a problem with, with us is we don't actually look at records. Like people ask me sometimes teams records and I'm like, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, they're pretty I mean, good. I, they haven't lost many games. I know that they went over their season win total. I mean, that that's when I, I stopped paying attention at that point. <laughs> I, 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 I can tell you right now the Ravens record, the Falcons record, um, the Lions record, the Titans record, because I still have, and the Niners and Bears, because I still have regular season win total bets coming down to the wire for those. But What do you have over or under on San Francisco? Over. Oh, wow. So you're excited by the Jimmy G movement. Well, given that I bet on Tennessee, I was less excited, but... Did you have two or two and a half? No, I got two. I get the push there. Yeah, I put some in at two and a half at like right before game time, so ended up getting like a half win. Yeah, the line moved against me, and that's something that's generally not a good sign. Well, that was a weird game, though, right? I mean, like Tennessee completely butchered the end of that game. Like for them to give San Francisco the ball back with a minute, some left, and a timeout only needing a field goal when Robbie Gold is like Robbie God these days. It was uh, it was totally butchered. I mean, they butchered that game so badly, and they don't deserve to make the playoffs after that. Yeah, that play calling there at the end was, was just horrid. You know, you want to – it was like they assumed their defense would get a stop, and they assumed a long field goal was automatic, which two things which are 
Definitely not automatic. Well, so what what I think is interesting in the analysis that teams should do more is the risk of an incomplete pass um, when a team still has a timeout left. So I know that when you, you know I know that when you run it and they don't have a timeout left and you can take forty seconds off, that's obviously super valuable. But if they still have a timeout left, it's not the value of forty seconds anymore because they'll probably use that you know during their drive at some point and it'll save them you know probably a lot less than forty seconds, not you know not forty seconds worth. So again, like I wonder, you know, teams should probably be more aggressive in those situations when teams still have timeouts left anyways, because you're not going to be able to take that time down. You're basically just like allowing them to have another timeout. So it's almost like what's, and I'm sure like teams have done this. I'm sure like the 49ers who have a smart front office um, in game have done the value of a timeout. But um, I wonder about that. That's a good point. I mean, I, I think you're talking about when the other team only has that one timeout left though, right? Because otherwise you have future consideration of, or, or when it's like a third down or or basically yeah well i'm basically just a, saying like i'm basically just saying that when a team does have timeouts left and you know that they can stop the clock even if you run um versus like you know versus knowing that you can run that time down i think you should be more aggressive because the idea of being able to pick up that first down is obviously it's huge right it's it's the difference between winning, winning and losing you saw that in a bunch of games last you saw that in in and the crazy thing about Tennessee was they gave their they gave Suck up a 50-yard field goal, which he hasn't made many of this year at all. I think he was 50% outside of like 50 and over. And it was just it's just so ridiculous. It's like the game wasn't even tied. They needed to go ahead in that game. It's just terrible, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I I don't know if it was Greg Gumble or I think it was Greg Gumble who said that that suck up was less than fifty percent career on on fifty plus. Yeah, that, that's might have been what that's might have been what I was quoting. Yeah. All right, let's but move to. Sorry, go I mean, ahead. Sorry, real quick. All you when you're in a situation where all you have to do is basically get a first down to win, or you know, practically win the game, or give yourself a chance to make the game winning field goal, um, versus then you know. I just don't understand why teams don't put it in the hands of their of their offense more often. Because getting one first down um, is not the hardest thing in the world, um, and it seems like when the other team um, inevitably gets the ball back, if if a team plays, if an offense is too conservative, you know they're desperate. They're playing four down um, football, and the defense is. Basically, you're saying they're playing optimal football where the other team is playing not to lose football, which is very suboptimal. Exactly. I mean, again, you saw, saw it in the Tennessee game. You saw it in the Pittsburgh game, Pittsburgh, New England. Pittsburgh was very conservative on play play calls one and two and then ran a very simple crossing pattern for three. And that's what gave New England the ball back with plenty of time to win that game. So, yep. Okay. Let's move on to Faderade this week in touts. You threw a, a nice quote in there um, from Sports Insights um, in an article by Lauren Joffe. You said, I read this sentence, which made me cringe. The dagger came on November 18th when I again, like an idiot, took OSU at home against Kansas State. But this time I got cute teasing the line from minus 19 and a half to minus 13 and a half. You said, no, but- I respect anything she says after she admits to that tease. Who is well, Lauren I mean, Joffe? I don't even know who she is. Who is she? I, I, I read the Chad Millman newsletter, and I think it was her first article, so I feel kind of bad about uh, And I, I think I tweeted that something like, tweeted out something about that. But, but it, 
you know, I don't know if it was in a eight-team teaser with amazing odds. I have no idea. But all I know is the value of 19.5 to 13.5, I looked, it's like 14%-ish, 13%, something like that. Not a lot. Like, um, like so much so that a two-team teaser, if you tease two teams uh, from 19.5 to 13.5, I mean, you can do the math. What's well, like 64% times 64%. That's not looking good. No. What is what's the value in percentage points of like teasing one and a half up to seven and a half? Are we talking NFL or college? Let's say let's say let's say NFL. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think it's a, a little over twenty percent. I can actually, uh, I can pull it up for you if you like. Sure. Pretty quickly, my handy dandy little distribution thing I have that I made. I made it myself. Do you make it a make it at like sleepaway camp? That would, um, that would kids like you do. You make up distribution charts at sleepaway camp when know. you're trying to win your color I, war yeah, against the other camp. team. What's that? Sleepaway camp. Have you have you seen uh, American Vandal on um, Netflix? I've not. You need to watch it. It's hilarious. It's about a it's a mockumentary, and I'll just leave it at that. Listeners out there, hopefully you all watch American Vandal because it's effing hilarious. Okay, I have the number. I have um, it around twenty four percent the value of the tees. Got so it. That's to be to be fair. That's not using. Yeah, it's gonna. I, I would think it's gonna be a little less now than it used to be, just given that you're gonna that one and seven aren't. Or sorry, that three and seven aren't gonna be quite as prevalent. You know it's a key number? Zero. Zero is a key number because that's the difference between winning and losing. Vegas Dave always says you have to tease across the zero. <laughs> so let's, I mean, you know, not to attack Lauren. I'm sure she's very nice and, you know, she's writing content. But this is like the interesting thing about sports betting content, right? Is this, she says she got cute teasing the line. It's like, I guess it's a narrative. I guess it's funny. I guess it's, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll have to read more about her. To see what she does. Maybe she's really good at some sport that I don't know about. And well, like I the WNBA. I don't, I don't know why she's, if she's writing for them for entertainment. It seems like more of an entertainment article with like, you know, these teams are dead to me. So uh, that's not exactly, I, mean, I, I I don't exactly know what the. Well, you read Chad's, you read was. Chad's newsletter every day and you're entertained. So maybe it's just entertainment. Like I listen to these terrible podcasts that people, these touts do because for entertainment and it's entertaining me. I often want to throw my phone through the wall when I hear them say certain things, but that's okay. I mean, it's still entertainment. Sure. Um, let's move on to like our narrative of the week. Uh, favorite narrative. See what I did there. The favorite narrative for, for this week is the same narrative we've had all year, which is that big favorites are covering their back. They're they're you just bet favorites and you just bet favorites to win. You just parlay money line parlay all the favorites and you're going to win. Um, any truth to this? Any paradigm shift that you're seeing, or just small sample size? I mean, definitely small sample size. It's favorites actually were doing quite poorly early in the season, but right up through week seven, and that's when this big shift happened. Yes, so. for sure. So favorites right now for the season, you're saying are 54 and a half on the year. So yes. betting favorites would be a winning strategy. Obviously, it's going to, you know, my numbers probably gonna be a little different than someone else's numbers because of the closing line I'm using versus them. But yes. So on the road, they're 
uh, 51.3%. At home, they're 55.5%. Double-digit favorites are only 46.2%. So if you bet all the favorites that weren't double-digit favorites and you could just bet backwards, i.e., like we could just bet the games that already happened, we could do pretty well. I love this. And by the way, you know, I, I was maybe we'll get into this later, but I, I was sort of dissecting a trend from another sports action article, and I managed to reverse engineer a trend that goes twenty-five and two against the spread. So, you know, that's pretty awesome. And, and I didn't do things like saying just bet the winning games. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's the narrative. Just pick the team that's going to win because most of the time the spread doesn't matter. That's what. That's one of my favorite narratives. Um, oh, to yeah. finish out this favorites thing. On field goal, like minus three or less favorites are 52.8%. So our sweet spot is three and a half to nine and a half at home. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Three and a half to nine and a half at home. If we had done that, I bet that's a very high percentage. If we had just known that before the season started, we would be living in Aruba in a big house right now. My machine says that would be sixty percent against the spread, thirty-six and twenty-four. Oh, your 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 machine says that. You just did that on the spot. Yeah, that's a sixty percent strategy. I let's let's demarcate this moment. We only have two weeks left, and then playoffs, so it's not going to be. Let's let's think. Let's demarcate this for next year and see how this performs next year. Well, you you want to? Why don't we see how it performed in previous seasons? We could. Why not? Do you want to do that right now on your machine? I, I'll do it right now with my machine. Oh, I'm excited. I'm waiting with okay. bated breath. Since 2000. This is great podcast. Um, <laughs> you might want to put a drum roll in here, Michael, to make it sound really dramatic. 49.6%. What? It wasn't winning and since 2000? It seems like a foolproof strategy. All right, let's talk about end-of-season narratives. Um, the idea of motivation, having something to play for. How do you handle weeks 16 and 17 in the NFL? Well, I handle week 17 with a little bit of trepidation because you do have situations where, where uh, it's less about, I think it's more about teams that have clinched uh, playoff spot or division and sort of locked into their seed resting guys just to basically make it a bit of a bye week for the for the uh, top players or guys that have nagging injuries. But um, you do, I think you see the narrative week 17, and I love this, that the team that has to win is somehow going to put out more effort. And it seems like every week 17, there are teams where um, the line just gets inflated because of this and it, it creates all this perceived value. And, and, and from my admittedly small experience with this over the last what eight seasons or so um you know it's it, it's been sort of a false narrative but, but so what do you i mean like what is the there's a narrative it says from a sports action article that teams with wins percentage of less than 300 are bad bets weeks 14 through 17 against teams with 500 records are better um do you right, is there I, truth to that well first off i mean you know, they, they came up with the number, I think it was like 56.9% over 170 bets. Um, they're, they're picking week 14 as an endpoint, I'm sure, and picking that 300 uh, win percentage in the above 500 to... So, so these are arbitrary endpoints. Right, exactly. I don't know 
you know, actually, I was I was sort of digging into that. And if they had made it like 200 or less, I think it would have been actually stronger. So I don't want to say that they were just completely. So they were arbitrarily bad inputs. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, the question is, what's the narrative there? I mean, presumably it's because the teams with a 300 uh, winning percentage record or worse have quit. But obviously that isn't the case with all of the really bad record teams. I mean, look at the Niners this year with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think you can really say the Browns have quit. They're, they're trying pretty hard to get a win. They just keep losing and, and failing to cover in crazy fashion every week, it seems like. And, you know, the Bengals are a team that looks like they've quit. They have a lame duck coach. That narrative fits, but they're better than the 300 record, I believe. And so maybe the best thing to do is rather than looking at record is to sort of um, try to find some rules, some more specific rules to try to sort of narrow down which teams fit that narrative. Like maybe, for example, a team coming off of a few big losses in a row or a big loss in a row kind of, that has a bad yeah, but record. I mean, like this is like the, this kind of stuff. It's not asymmetric information. Everybody knows that these teams are bad and they're bad for a reason. And like, it's got to be figured in, like the market has to adjust. And so, you know, I mean, like, what's that? No, I agree. Yeah. So did you want to talk about this other one that you mentioned since 2003 teams that lost by 28 or more points cover at a 55.7 clip the next week. So that's saying bet on Seattle this week. Yeah. it's And it would, how, how, how badly did Cincy lose last week? They lost by a lot. I can't remember the exact number. I don't think they lost by 28. I think they only lost by like 20. Maybe that's the sweet spot. Apparently that is the sweet spot. Because 28? It's a magical number. I guess. But, but so so the, the, the 7 times 4, record 28. Quoted in the sports action article said that uh, those teams were 55.7% uh, against the spread the next week. Teams that lost by 28 or more since 2003. Yeah, since, so he was 20, since he lost by 27. Sorry. Sorry to steal your thunder. Go on. They don't make it. So they're not going to win against the spread next week. Right. Damn it. Okay. So between 2000 and 2002, though, those same teams um, were only 56 and 66 against the spread. So if you that brings the number to 52.6% since 2000, which is not even strong. But my great trend for you. Since 2006, underdogs of more than a point coming off a loss of 28 or more points facing a team coming off a loss of from eight to twenty-six points, or twenty-five and two against the spread. I mean, that can't just be luck, right? I mean, you, you come on, you gotta you gotta follow through on these things. But that's a great line. Like Rufus writes in this document that we go off of while we do these things. But here's a great trend for you: since two thousand six, underdogs are more than a point coming off twenty-eight point plus loss, facing a team coming off a loss from between eight and twenty-six points, are twenty-five and two against the spread. Suck on that trend. You got to say suck on that trend and own it. Suck on that trend. <laughs> suck on that trend. That's going to be our new tagline. All right, let's let's skip the next stuff, which I think is really interesting. Um, let's skip this for either like next week or when we have the off season, we have a little bit more time to talk about this because we're, we're already about 50 minutes in and I don't want to, uh, I want to be able to do this stuff justice because I think it's going to be super interesting stuff to talk about in the off season. And it's about time at Las Vegas Sports Consultant. It's about some of the people in the industry um, that are behind the counter and our opinions on them. So reach out to us on Twitter if, if you're interested in that, and we'll definitely get that into a future podcast. Let's, um, Jeff. I, I think your you know your call got dropped, and then I was trying to locate a microphone. So we're probably only like 40 minutes in. 
I know, but I, I don't want to rush through this. Like, I think this is going to be good stuff. And so I'd rather yeah. just move on. Right. I'd rather move on. What's that? I got all my stories ready and we teased it. Well, you'll have them ready next week and I'll be even more prepared to ask you questions about them and I'll be a much more captive audience. And it was a much better teaser than Laura Jaffe's. <laughs> Lauren, sorry. I'm getting your name wrong. See what you did there. You know, I think on this podcast, you're starting to get funnier by just hanging out with me, which is <laughs> good for you. Okay. Man versus machine. Start up the machine. You drive man versus machine, by the way. I am. I was waiting for the sound effects. Yeah, he doesn't. He put those in post-production, not pre-production. Right. I mean, I was I was giving the post-production sound effects time. Yes. Got while it. I was pulling up the current odds on all these games, so that we could have the most up-to-date information, so that we get yelled at by fewer people. I'm glad you said fewer rather than less, because that would have been pissing me off. Yeah. Okay. Would, I added three minutes to the podcast. Let's start with Balt- the Saturday games. Baltimore hosting Indianapolis is a 13.5-point favorite. Machine's going to side with Baltimore. Machine makes Baltimore 15.8. I, I'll take Indy. That's not the sweet spot, is it? Baltimore. We're not in uh, the 3-9 to nine whatever range that works this year but not other years. Maybe it only just works your trend was Your trend was so complicated, I can't even figure out what teams are in there. The best the best thing about my trend, though, is that everything, it's not like, it wasn't like favorites of 0 to 3 or 5 or 6 or 13 or 17. It was like, you know, it was a, a continuous range of numbers. I got it. That, was, that, that, that I have to say that took some research. That took some. That was qual. That, That's why you should enjoy it by saying "suck on that trend." Yeah. The, All right. Move on. Move on. Mini five minutes Green Bay. I'll never get back. Green Bay nine point underdog against Minnesota. We got a little Brett Hundley action there. Starting. Um, I make. I'll take uh, Green Bay there. I make him a six point dog with Hundley at, at the helm. Yeah, I'll take Green Bay also. These are some ugly ass games. There's there's one of those quote motivation games, right? Green Bay's out of it now. We'll see. Yeah. And here here's another of them. Cincy, five and a half point dog hosting Detroit. I love 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 Cincinnati, even though it pains me to say it. My numbers don't realize that they've quit and that um, Marvin Lewis, you know, is. Not coming back, but unwilling to admit it. But now or he's saying he might come back, right? I don't know. Oh. He's trying not to be a distraction. At this point, you got to just uncertainty is stressful. I mean, I think that's <clears> what <throat> gamblers know that. Um, okay, let's move I mean, on. Cincinnati. I'm I'm not willing to buck the Cincinnati trend of consistently not covering, but us betting on them anyway. So I'll also take Cincinnati with you. Okay, uh, the Jets seven point underdog hosting the Chargers. I like the Jets there. I make them a four and a half point dog. I like the Bryce Petty Jets, who really gave a, a valiant effort against New Orleans last week. They certainly did. And that game should have been closer, right? I mean, I think there was a meaningless touchdown at the end that hurt 
under It wasn't meaningless if you had the over. It was very meaningful if you had the over. I had, I had nothing on that, so. But you had you had New Orleans. I mean, sorry, right. you had you had the Jets right. in the game. Right, I did, but I mean, I but the touchdown meant nothing. The play didn't affect me. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, um, Tennessee is a seven. It's a well, eh, I think it's still six, six and a half point dog hosting the Rams, and I will take the underdog again. I make them only a three and a half point dog. I will take the Rams there. Tennessee is done. That's four straight home dogs of at least five points. Rams. Okay, Chicago. Six and a half point favorite against the winless Browns. I'll take Chicago. I make them seven and a half. That's Actually, crazy. It's crazy we, to me that there's a world where Chicago is a legitimate touchdown favorite. Like your numbers are saying they should be a touchdown favorite against Cleveland. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns who I mean, are not game. just going to cover this game. They are going to win this game. I think they may win too, but but actually that's not a game that we pick because it's within a point of the spread, remember? Our oh, rules? Son of a... I make it 7.49 technically, so it's less than a point. So so no pick there. Uh, i got to respect the rules that we made. <laughs> you didn't want to be, you didn't have to root for Chicago. <laughs> Carolina, 10-point favorite against Tampa. I'll, eh, I'll take Tampa. I make it 8.9. So that's... Just outside the one-point threshold. I'm going to take Tampa. Tampa plus the 10. That's amazing. I feel like 10 points against Carolina, that's a, it's gold. It doesn't seem like Carolina is... They don't really impress you, but they still manage to win a lot of games. They're going to be able to run the ball pretty well against Tampa, and that's going to be the difference. If Cam doesn't feel like running, in other words, he just wants to preserve himself, then I think Tampa can cover that game. But if Cam decides he wants to run, they're going to be able to move the ball. By the way... Quick tangent. One thing that bothers me about Cam Newton and that Carolina offense is that they always seem to be down to like three, like two or three seconds on the play clock every single play. And I actually looked at it, and they have they have the greatest amount of time between plays of any team in the NFL. And it seems that way every year. You would think, knowing that, we could maybe make some money on the unders in their game. I don't know if that's true. Lua, I have value on the under this week. Interesting. Whoa, interesting. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Okay, uh, next. 55% chance of precipitation. That's a part of it. But uh, Okay, New Orleans. Minus 5.5 seems to be the consensus against Atlanta. I will take Atlanta as I have them as a only 4.3 point dog. I actually like Atlanta there too. I'm, I'm buying into this Atlanta's rejuvenated story. Their, okay. their Super Bowl hangover is over. They've hydrated with some Pedialyte, and they're ready to go. <laughs> so we're in agreement on that one, then. Yeah, so far. Uh, Redskins, three and a half against Denver. I make that four and a half, so we're going to... Actually, I make it 4.52, so here's the question. Does that fall in or outside the one-point threshold? This falls outside. You're, you gotta, okay, you gotta... fine, fine. We'll go to the hundredth of a decimal. Yep. So I, I will take the Deadskins, minus three and a half. Wow. 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 I'm wow. assuming Osweiler starting. If Lynch is starting, it's it's even better. It's a I have him as a point eight four I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Denver because I still believe in Trevor Simeon even when he's on the bench. I mean one one could argue that he's better for the team when he's on the bench. Oh my god. One could argue. Uh moving on. Kansas City is a 10-point favorite 
against Miami. I will. And this is another game, the second straight game, where my difference is 1.02 points. So I will take Miami, who I make an 8.98 point favorite. I will also take Miami. Sorry. Miami underdog. Yes. Um, New England, minus 11, hosting Buffalo. I will take New England, laying the laying the big uh, price. I make them 15 and a half. I'm going to take, whoa, really? I'm going to take Buffalo plus the 11. I feel like New England's just going to try to get out of there healthy. Yeah. I mean, they still, well, I mean, they, they still. They have to win. I mean, yeah, it's, they do need to win. They're definitely going to. They're definitely going to try. I mean, they're, they're going to have to win. So it's it's eleven and half points does seem a little short compared to what it was, but I, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. Well, speaking of teams that want to win, Jacksonville is a four point favorite against San Francisco <laughs> on the road, and I think Jacksonville is going to win this game. I make and I, I'm going to take them minus four. I make them more a little more than a touchdown. Yeah, I like Jacksonville there also. Hopefully, this line will keep falling because. People do love to bet on Jimmy G because he's so, so, so good looking. The funny thing is my rating for San Francisco's offense actually got a little bit worse after last game and their defensive rating got better. So it's it's been a, a defensive renaissance under the watchful That's, eye yeah. of quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, uh, moving on. Arizona, a three and a half point favorite against the Giants. I'll take the Giants there who I make a one point underdog. Oh my god. I like the Giants there also. Okay. Seattle is a five and a half four and a half five. What what I'm seeing all five. sorts of I see five. I, see I think five. we'll go five. You know, I mean there's a That's lot of That's a crazy lot. amount of line movement though. It opened up two the, and a half and it's up to five. Oh that it didn't really open at two and a half. You realize it opened at two and a half with a limit of two hundred and fifty dollars somewhere. But, and then someone remembered that Ezekiel Elliott was actually playing and then corrected that number. That's sure, probably sure. what happened. I'm not kidding because, you know, Pinnacle is probably taking – maybe they're taking 2500 now. Maybe they're still at 1500 I don't know. Um, sure. Well, Ezekiel Elliott's playing. The line's five. What does your machine say? My machine says take Seattle. They should be a two-and-a-half-point dog. Yeah, I, I have to like Seattle there also. But that's definitely a, where we don't know all the injuries situation. Or we don't factor them in. But can I just say that the fact that you can move the entire worldwide market basically with a bet of fifteen hundred dollars says a lot. I mean, that says a lot about how efficient the lines are right now. And it's kind of scary because if you know you could have some some guy in like I don't know, low bankroll guy who's completely destroying all the value. Yeah, it's possible. We need to get that guy in a bigger bankroll and teach him not to destroy value. <laughs> He's slowly going to get a bigger bankroll if he keeps betting. Yeah. Houston. If he gets betting two and a half into that line, I think so for sure. Okay. Houston-Pittsburgh, is that what we're on? Houston-Pittsburgh. That is that is exactly what we're on, on on the double Monday night game. Monday night doubleheader. I think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah. They are a eight and a half point underdog, and I make them 7.4, so there's nothing there. It's within the one-point threshold. And last of all, Philadelphia nine point favorite against Oakland. That also falls within the threshold, as that's nine point eight. All right, super so contest picks. Even though we're out, we've we've got to we've got to make them. How do we do last? Uh, we were two two and one. So what's our overall record? We're like 
We're like 54% or something like that. What is profitable is not profitable in the Super Contest. Especially since there's stale lines here. We should be crushing this thing. But we don't, we don't actually game the system. Uh, let's see. Our record is 38, 34, and 2. So it's 52.8%. So it's just barely profitable. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're going to take Jacksonville. For sure. Jacksonville minus four. I think we both like the Giants. So the Giants plus three and a half. Although not as much as we like some of these other earlier games. I like Cincinnati a lot. But yeah, we'll say we'll stick with Giants. We gotta take Cincy. Uh, Cincy I, I plus four. Yeah. I mean t- t- Detroit's not that good. They're just not I mean they I mean, they're yeah. not, they're like a phony eight and six team. They're very phony. Uh, um, I kind of feel like Tennessee or the Jets or the Packers. Tennessee. I don't want to take Tennessee because I actually like the other side there. Or the Seahawks. I like the Seahawks. Or the Patriots. I like Seattle. You can take the, you can pick the last one. Seattle okay. plus five, probably higher, maybe, hopefully. Plus five. I'm going to tweet out that in case people forgot Ezekiel Elliott's playing this week. And let me see if I can get the line up. It's a good move. Tweet to my 13,000 followers that I'm sure are moving lines. You have uh, you have twice the followers of me because you are twice the man. No, I'm more than twice the man, but I only have twice the followers, which is a bummer. How do you quantify that? What, what's what's your multiple of manliness over mine? I'm not a numbers dude, man. I'm just just This is all just subjective shit. Okay. okay. Oh, I want to just Cleveland. <laughs> you did. Uh, thank God you didn't. I'm going to take the Packers plus nine. Packers plus nine. All right. Green Bay plus nine. I wouldn't mind it actually Tampa Bay either. There are some games that I like, even though they're all ugly. Uh, all right. Well, um, happy holidays, Rufus. Um, I'm sure your family's going to miss you. Being in Europe, are you coming back or anything? I'm actually in Tel Aviv right now. Oh, yeah. So in the last week since you saw me, I was in. I went Budapest, Dublin, Hamburg. Now I'm in Tel Aviv, and I'll be in Sofia on Friday. All right. Well, enjoy the travels. Um, we'll talk Beach next week pay. for Christmas. Uh, where, where are you going to be? Me in Newport Beach. Newport Beach. So, Sounds lovely. Yeah. Um. So what? What's that? Where the wife's fan is. Where the wife's fan is. So thanks, guys, for the time. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.